Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Yes, uh, we are uh, being uh, not only heard live here on talkradio.nyc and streamed to uh, YouTube live as well, but we're also heard on KMET. So welcome all you KMET listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, we've got another wonderful show in store for you today. Um, I've got a wonderful woman. I'm looking forward to talking about all kinds of topics that I just love to talk about. But first, of course, we have our little section of my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, and this section is entitled, The T- Solution to Misunderstanding is Greater Communication. I think it's going to be kind of apropos for what we're going to talk about today. How good are we at communicating? Do we listen more than we talk? Are we present in our conversations? Do we make assumptions that get us in trouble? Inevitably, bad communication leads to misunderstandings. Learning to avoid assumptions, or at least to verify our assumptions, is a great place to start. Communicating more, not less, is the key. We think we talk enough with people, but do we really? Speaking with people is not all about us expressing ourselves. It's about listening to the other person and truly hearing what they are saying without judgment or being defensive. When we project our own interpretation on on a conversation, we may get in trouble. But if we take the time to verify what the other person is trying to convey, we gain understanding. The times when we make up conversations in our head, what is said often has nothing to do about what is said, is nothing to do with reality. The only surefire solution to avoid misunderstandings is to communicate often. Communicate frequently. Communicate more than you think is necessary. The better the communication between people, the better the connection, the better the understanding. Is there some misunderstanding in your life that can be cleared up with more communication? So I wrote this section a while ago, 
as most of the sections in my book. Um, and it really came down to just, uh, and I have a feeling this probably came from a conversation with my wife where, uh, uh, I thought she meant one thing. She thought she said one thing and it turned out that what was heard and what was said and what was meant were like three different things altogether. And it really highlighted for me how important it is to really check because we, we make these assumptions. I mean, I find I do it and, and I see it in other people too. People make, we all make all kinds of assumptions when we have conversations with people. We assume the other person understands what we're saying. Maybe we're referencing something and we're, and we think they understand what we're referencing, but they really don't. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that can happen, misinterpretations that can happen, misunderstandings that can happen because things weren't communicated clearly enough. And the challenge is the only way to, to solve those misunderstandings is to communicate more, not less. But what usually happens, someone says something, someone else takes offense at it, they, 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 they get upset, they, they clam up, and then communication just dies. And that's when we get into trouble. It's like once the communication stops, then there's no opportunity to come together. Then there's no way to resolve these uh, misunderstandings or these feelings that just are coming from something that is, is not really the, an accurate place. So really it, it's, as much as we talk to people, and this is something I've, I've really talked to people about, most people think they talk a lot to other people. They think they communicate a lot. But really, there is a bit of not enough communication, at least from what I see. And look, whenever, whenever, Ever there is a disagreement, there's there is a conflict. There are two people who are just like can't seem to come together. That's the time to communicate more, not less. I mean, our national natural tendency is to pull back. It's to stop. It's to clam up. It's to shut up. At least, at least for guys. I don't know about women, but at least for guys, that's the tendency. And that's like actually the worst thing we can do in that kind of a situation. Whenever there is tension, wherever there seems to be a hurt feeling or, 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 or someone, you know, being reactive to something that was said, like that's the time where we need to make the effort to say, Hey, is everything okay? Are you upset? What was I wrong in what I said? And to check in with the other person or people. So often we just assume that people understand and know what we meant. But the truth is none of us know what's inside another person's head. That that basic assumption right there, that people understand what we meant, like that's what gets us in trouble more than anything else. And so... Um, and as you see, like my section from last week and the week before from my book, this section, it's all about communication. It's all about using our voices. It's all about really like 
getting to that point where we can not just talk more, but listen more. <clears throat> right? We all know that old adage. We have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. But it's not just about listening. It's about being present to hear and to feel what the other person is talking about and what the other person is saying. Because we can listen to somebody else, but we can also not really hear them. We can be there, present, physically present, but we might not be emotionally present. We might not really be fully present to what they're saying or how they're saying it or their body language when they're talking or their intonation. And so communicating more, communicating more frequently, more often, more diligently. Is it about talking? Yes, but it's more than just talking. It's learning to really take in the other person fully and reflect on that for a moment before we engage and we speak. And sometimes it just means we need to take a breath before we respond to something. Sometimes it just means like taking a step back and and asking ourselves, hmm, I wonder why they said that. And not assuming that we know. To try as much as possible to put those assumptions to the side so that we can ask the person if the assumption we have is true. Are you angry? No, I'm not angry. Well, you seem a little short with me. No, I'm not being short. I'm just really tired because I didn't sleep last night. When I woke up, I stubbed my toe and this and happened and that happened and that happened. And then all of a sudden we, we, we get the whole story and then we can understand where the person is coming from. But if we didn't check in with them, we wouldn't have that full context. And then we would be assuming like they're just upset at us. And then we're thinking, oh, but we didn't do anything for them to be upset. I mean, why are you upset at me? And we, we have this whole conversation inside our head. And all it comes out is like, hmm. you know, there's no, no words being exchanged. It's just, just being upset at the person. So your homework this week, should you choose to accept it, is listen more, communicate more, If you're having a challenging conversation, check your assumptions with the other person. Ask them. I have a feeling this is what you're saying or this is why you're saying it. Is that right or am I wrong? Don't assume you're right. Don't assume your assumptions are correct. Check them. And see if there's at least not one situation, one conversation this week where you find out your assumptions might not have been 100% accurate, okay? All right, that section of our book is The Solution to Misunderstanding is Greater Communication. And of course, that comes from my book, Everyday Awakening, You Are More Powerful Than You Know, which you can find at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. And if you're like me, you can even get it through small local booksellers. Uh, You know, we're in major distributors, so you can always ask them to order the book. Um, I love those small little bookshops. There's not enough of them, in my opinion. But um, so um, 
that's that. And now it is my pleasure to welcome to the show evolutionary astrologer and creator Thea Wershing. Thea is an evolutionary astrologer based in Long Beach, California. She's been practicing astrology for 15 years, and her counseling business, known as the Pluto Babe, is focused on past life healing and liberation from shame. Thea is also the author of the American Renaissance Tarot, a literary tarot that looks at how America's political consciousness dovetailed with its spiritual consciousness in the 19th century. America's esoteric history was the subject of Thea's PhD research at UCLA, where she taught literature for many years. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Thea. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, that homework that you gave is very on time for the current Mercury retrograde. So I didn't know if you were aware, but we are wrapping up Mercury retrograde. And your advice is awesome because... I noticed you even started speaking more slowly when you were modeling how to listen, right? That you kind of get into your body, you take a breath, you slow down. Um, so that's heart listening, right? Not just the head listening. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Yes. Uh, I, I, I've heard it said that re- Mercury retrograde is is when you need to re-things like redo recheck uh, uh reorganize it's 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 to go back over again it's not necessarily that like oh communications just don't work it's about re double checking and making sure that communication is flowing properly I like that take, and I would say I'm in uh, the minority in that I tend to enjoy retrogrades because I find it a time to revisit, review, and sometimes that's really pleasurable, right? To go yes. you know, you read a book that you used to love and, and rediscover that, so yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Thea, I, I have... Uh, lots and lots of questions of you. I, I mean, astrology is, is one of my favorite topics along with tarot. Um, uh, but we do have our first uh, little break that we need to take. Um, so uh, when we come back, I just want to ask you, I love giving my audience sort of context about sort of how you came to be involved in, in esoteric literature. What was it about that and became so involved in astrology and, and all the wonderful things. Um, so why don't we talk about that when we come back? Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday here on talkradio.nyc and every Wednesday on W uh, on KMET in California. And we will be right back in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Thea Wershing, uh, creator of the American Renaissance Tarot. So, Thea, I'm curious. It seems like you got involved in kind of a lot of spiritual stuff at a fairly young age. I mean, were you sort of exposed to all this stuff uh, as, a, as a kid, or was this sort of a, a, an interest that you developed later in life? Uh, well, I definitely got exposed to it young, but it wasn't in my environment. <clears throat> and actually, uh, what led me to spirituality was a deep depression. And so when I was 15, I made a suicide attempt and I was hospitalized. Uh-huh. And through coming out of that, uh, I had sort of a spiritual experience coming out of that, you know, and I just thought, what a waste, like how stupid that I was ready to end it all. And um, that really put me on a journey toward opening up to the divine. Um, But I also had a lot of family problems. You know, I came out a lot of trauma. And so that's when I discovered astrology because I love questions like, why me? Why did these things happen to me? And astrology was just such a great tool for understanding myself and understanding the conflicts I had with other people. So for me, it's always been productive of empathy. Um, so as you were saying Absolutely. in your wonderful intro, how do I see from someone else's point of view? Astrology is so wonderful for that. And it dovetailed with my psychological healing all along. So I, I really gotcha. did it in conjunction with uh, psychology. And then as I got ready to go to school, I found that, you know, just I got exposed to this stuff as a teenager. I found that there was no college where I could go study astrology. <laughs> They actually exist now. You know, there are some more programs now that are like a traditional education. So I wound up going into the field of English and literature. And as an undergrad, I wrote a thesis on the writer Anais Nin, uh, Anais Nin. There's some different ways to pronounce her name. Mm -hmm. Because she was a big fan of astrology as well as Jungian psychology. 
So I wrote this great thesis on Jung and astrology, and I thought, oh, this is so weird. But UCLA gave me an award for it. So uh -huh. that was, <laughs> was the best thesis of the year, and here's $500. And it just kind of put this idea in my head, hey, maybe I could keep doing this. Uh, so I wound up in graduate school at UCLA studying literature, but my focus was the history of esoterica, the history of the occult. Mm. Because these things had been so healing for me and I was having all these wild experiences that I couldn't really explain in an academic way. And so this was kind of my question, like, what's my history? How did I get here? Mm. And um, ultimately that's what led me to study the history of esoterica in America. And when you say that, people are kind of surprised. They've never heard of that history. They don't mm. know that we have one. And we tend to just think, oh, it was a you know, Christian country and that's all there was. Not true at all. Not, yes. It's just, a, it's always been a wildly experimental country. Yeah. So that's what the, the Tarot Project is all about, bringing out some of those ideas. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know if you know Mitch Horowitz, but I had him on my show a couple of years ago. And so he wrote a bowl about like kind of America's occult past and things like that. No, he's, and, he's fantastic. And, and he actually wrote the intro to my book. So. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And actually you brought up about Jung and astrology. And I just want to mention, you know, in the past, we've had a wonderful show on our network called Living Consciously that was done by Monty Taylor, who was a Jungian astrologer, who was a wonderful astrologer. He did a show with us for over five years. I learned a tremendous amount about astrology and the the depth of astrology and how complicated it is. Like people tend to think of it as just, oh, this thing you look up in the paper and, you know, on Monday it tells me I should watch out for this. But there's, it's so rich and so deep and based on the archetypes and and the planetary bodies and the myths behind them um that it, monty really gave me a very deep appreciation for astrology and unfortunately he he passed away uh, a, a couple of months ago and I, I unfortunately i was on the west coast at the time and i didn't get a chance to make it to his funeral but um monty always holds a dear place in my heart and so i i, I really do understand when you talk about like, hey, like, there's a lot you can learn from astrology about ourselves and about the environment that we're in. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that newspaper astrology, which is kind of the bane of every professional yeah. astrology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Astrology. And uh, when you introduced me, you mentioned that I'm an evolutionary astrologer. And so mm -hmm. our focus is a little bit different in that uh, it is more psychological, it's not predictive. So we're actually mm. encouraged to not make predictions. And right. so I tend to give people uh, like a field of choice, you know, like this energy is coming in, how do you want to mm. use it? Because we right. do have a choice. And a lot of my work is actually about dealing with the past. And so we think of astrology as like, it's a way to address the future. Um, but mm. as you probably see in your work, most people are walking around extremely caught up with the past. This thing happened to me. I'm not over this. Uh, I'm not like that. <laughs> and so um, astrology can be a great way to, for integrating these uh, difficult situations in life that might still wrangle and still bother you. 
So I'm curious, like, how did working with astrology help you to understand why you were suicidal when you were a teenager? Like, what did you learn about yourself through astrology that helped to make things make sense or at least least give context to it? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, I think that the big healing didn't really start to happen until I embraced the idea of reincarnation. And so I did have suicidal ideation for a long time. And then once I got introduced to reincarnation, I realized, oh, this problem won't go away, (laughs) which is keep carrying it through lifetimes. And so I've got to deal with it now. And the style I practice evolutionary is also based on reincarnation. And Uh. so we have these uh, points in the chart called the lunar nodes Mm -hmm. and the south node will tell you, this is the type of experience you had in the past life. So essentially through that, I began to understand that all of life is an education. Mm -hmm. And so even these really uh, difficult experiences of abuse and, you know, other things that I went through, it was all working toward my education for the healing work that I need to do in this Mm -hmm. lifetime. And, you know, it's a pretty heady perspective. I don't lead with that with every client, right? (laughs) It's a little work to get to that. And it's a process. Uh, but, but yeah, I think I answered your question, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I would help you. But uh, so I'm curious, how, how did you get known as the Pluto babe? <laughs> oh, another wonderful question. So I actually had a little bit more of a new age business name and I was in this marketing class and the assignment was just do the most extreme version of what you are. You know, uh... Something edgy. And a friend of mine said, hey, you use this phrase, the Pluto babe, all the time. Did you realize this is a great description of you? And so uh, Pluto in astrology is the representation of the shadow, can be mm-hmm. trauma, you know, anything we don't like dealing with consciously. So I would say right. like in our culture, death, we don't do a great job right. of, uh, dealing with that. Money, I think, is a big yeah. I mean, people are more likely now to, you know, share their sex lives casually than their bank account, right? It's right. balance. Um, so anyway, I'm very blunt and forward about these things. I've had to learn how to get very comfortable with shadow material because it's been such a big part of my healing. And so I found that uh, by leading with this business name, the Pluto Babe, the clients who are drawn to me that I work with, they've often gone through really heavy experiences for which they've been stigmatized and uh, the way I step in with them is just to say well you got the master class in this lifetime right you got a big piece of shadow work to do because you have more healing to do uh, but you didn't do something wrong I think that's the thing that people struggle with like if we had a bad family with negative experiences happened to us we can feel like well karmically I I must be uh, being punished or I deserved this in some way. And so I really try to recalibrate that belief and look at it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I find that very common when when you discuss reincarnation with people is they think that like reincarnation is about, oh, you do something bad and so then you get punished in the next life. Whereas really more, it's it's really about uh, an an education. It's really about, uh, as you say, your evolution, um, learning to work through things and go to a higher level and then work through things and go to a higher level. And sometimes those things we're working through are pretty painful and pretty challenging to work through, but it's not that they're there to hurt us or to teach us a lesson. 
it's just our natural evolution as a spirit or a soul in a body on a planet. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And um, another thing I love about astrology is that uh, there's kind of no hierarchy of signs. People get really into that. Like mm. Pisces better than an Aries. And uh, what comes up in evolutionary astrology is that we, we have to experience the whole wheel because we reincarnate many, reincarnate many right. times. Right. So right. In some lifetimes, we have the Scorpio experience, which is more mm-hmm. negative and thorny, maybe, than um, the Taurus experience, for example. So, yeah, yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, I have a friend who's a triple Scorpio, and like she like goes in deep. Like, she doesn't do anything superficially. She's like really, really deep. And my and my wife's a Taurus, so she loves fine things. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, and and it's really kind of funny when you get to understand sort of the different characteristics of the different signs, and then you meet people. If you they you learn what their sign is to see kind of how it manifests in their life. It's really like it it's so varied and it's so vast. Yet it's. Uh, it, it it really does. It really is so apropos for, for the people you meet, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, and just also to mention though, there's so much complexity that goes beyond sun sign, right? Cause you have a moon right. sign and a Venus sign and a Mercury sign. So uh, um, all of those things are interacting with each other and that's how we get complexity and nuance because we're all very nuanced beings. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, astrology itself is thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, they don't even really know how old astrology is. It's so old. Exactly. Yeah, I feel really proud to be part of that lineage. Yeah. All right. I need to take a quick break. When we come back, I would love to talk about your your tarot deck, sort of how that came about, and 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 maybe sort of if you're willing to talk maybe a little bit about the controversy around it, just as, as a lesson around how that even itself is a perfect lesson of, of where we are and, and what we're going through today. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour, awakening humanity, and we'll be right back with Thea Wershing in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So, Thea, I mentioned in the beginning that you're the author of the American Renaissance Tarot. Um, what is the American Renaissance Tarot and, and how did the, even the idea of it come about to you? <laughs> well, I should say, you know, I wrote this PhD dissertation on the history of American esotericism. And I didn't want to write a dry, musty old book that 50 mm. people would buy. And so I thought, well, how do I get this into the community? <clears throat> but really, I just had this vision, you know, this vision where all the American writers I've been studying showed up as these tarot archetypes. And so the American Renaissance uh, classically is, uh, you know, the five great writers of the 1850s. It's Whitman, Hawthorne, Melville, Emerson, and Thoreau. It was a pretty limited list, right? Mm -hmm. so yeah. What I did was broaden that out. And so uh, I include 36 writers in this project. Wow. And so um, you asked uh, about uh, the astrology of these times, too. So uh, at that time, we had Neptune and Pisces, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound all that significant, but Neptune is the planet of spirituality in mm -hmm. the sign of mysticism, right? And Pisces. So all of a sudden in the 1850s, we have uh, this mass raising of consciousness in which the abolition movement heats up. Okay, so, you know, slavery has been a part of the United States since its founding at this time, and there had been these isolated movements, but all of a sudden, you know, there's this national feeling, um, at least for, you know, one half of the country that we need to change this. And so that's a consciousness raising that happened politically. At the same time, spiritualism, which is this culture of seances, really takes off. I mean, and the evidence we have is millions of people were involved in this. And what's interesting is that now, uh, since 2012, Neptune has been in Pisces again. Okay, uh, so this is the return. We're in it now. And, and isn't Neptune the ruler of Pisces? It is, yeah. It's considered the ruler of Pisces. So since 2012, we have had this explosion of interest in astrology. And I was an astrologer before 2012, so yeah. I remember no one yes. was speaking this language, right? Now there are, you know, these Instagram memes about astrology and it's hilarious and I, I have to ask my clients now how much do you know about this because a lot of my clients are budding astrologers I mean it's just really uh, not that big in the culture um so anyway there's this kind of like twinning from our times now uh to the, the American renaissance so ask me another question because I, I think I went off on a tangent there yeah well um so I just wanted to to kind of point out about what you said. It's like we're sort of astrologically the country sort of in the same position it was during the Civil War. And we're actually the country is almost as divided as it was during the Civil War. Um, what what comes after this? Like Like what happened like after the Civil War and sort of where astrologically are we going? Because I know there have been so many astrological conjunctions and signs and like 
configurations that haven't happened for hundreds of years. So this astrologically has been a very busy time, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, in one sense, there's kind of a dark answer <laughs> to your yeah. question because after Pisces comes Aries, right? And so uh, after this consciousness raising, we did have to undergo a civil war, right? Which was just stating right. um, for the country's resources, even though, of course, it's for a good end. Um, I mean, in terms of where we're at right now, we are in America's Pluto return. Mm -hmm. And so how I see that manifesting is that there's so much pessimism out there. Mm -hmm. People are really upset with the country. Um, really doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on. You know, <laughs> a lot of anger and, and rage. And so I tend to think of this as like, um, I don't know, like a, a cleansing or something, right? Like we need mm -hmm. to get this shadow material out there so that we can heal it. And so anyone who's gone through right. process in their own life, it's like you kind of have to hit rock bottom and really see the heavy stuff before your eyes, before you can consciously deal with it. So my hope is that, you know, we do start to see things changing in the way that we talk about these things openly, that we integrate these difficult histories that the United States has. And that was part of the inspiration for this tarot project. It's like, how can we talk about slavery and these difficult histories and not sweep them under the rug. And you had a, a bit of a challenge when you came out with the, the tarot, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So um, a lot of people were upset about the material just based on the images. And the thing is I'm a writer. And so you, you can't really read the images out of context. Um, so not sure how much I should. And what what were they upset about? <laughs> what 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 did it trigger in them that 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 they you know gave you a hard time about it? Yeah, I think just because this this deck does deal explicitly with slavery, and so mm -hmm. I didn't show images of people being enslaved. That wasn't the point of it. So instead, I focused on people like Frederick Douglass and Harriet Jacobs, who wrote these wonderful autobiographies that mm -hmm. are very inspiring. Right to read these books and hear about these Americans who were able to overcome the worst circumstances, you know, that brings me a lot. So I think it was just a misinterpretation of um, maybe glorifying America's sins. Uh -huh. Not what I was trying to do. Um, I was trying to say, let's tell the whole history. Let's not just talk about these five white guys who, you know, wrote these books right. and Emerson, let's include the whole story and really look at it honestly because um, I really think that we have to love America in order to heal it. And so this project for me was a love letter to America, but it's worse than mm -hmm. all. I'm not going to delete. I'm not going to censor. Right, like, right. Let's look at what we actually are and how do we love this messy thing that we are in and evolve from there. And I, I do think that's a kind of a Pluto moment, right? Being in America's right. Pluto right now, how do we <laughs> deal with the whole mess and, you know, this, the, the healing metaphors are perfect because when we find ourselves in our own lives, having just made a big mistake or, you know, just dealing with something we wish we didn't have to deal with. I mean, you have to be all in. You have to just yeah. love it because it's yours and make the best of it and start yeah. from where you are. So. And, and how long ago did you come out with the tarot deck? Um, so the tarot deck was actually released in November of 2011, or 2011, 2021. So we're coming uh, up uh, on the year anniversary now. Oh, uh, so, so not that long ago, not that long ago. Yeah, still less than a year at this point. Yeah. 
Um, I'm curious because you've been doing working with astrology for for 15 years, over 15 years. Have you seen a shift in general in people's perception of astrology from then to now? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Since Neptune went into Pisces. And so um, for years, I was embarrassed to admit that I was an astrologer and I uh, actually have two names, my academic name and my astrology name. I was moonlighting as an astrologer because, you know, here I'm in this academic world, you know, where I get a lot of respect. And then if you tell someone you're an astrologer, their eyes would kind of glaze over like, oh, <laughs> gosh, I thought you were intelligent, right? right. And so now we're seeing astrology pop up in places like the Wall Street Journal. And mm. it's amazing. I mean, it's really amazing to see this uh, appreciation for it. Uh, I'm curious. So, so we've talked about how like astrology is not here to like to predict the future or tell us what to do, that it's really here to be a healing tool. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe you have an antidote of somebody, someone who came to see you on, and, and how like understanding their chart or their return chart, like where they were in life, how that really supported them in moving forward to give our audience a sense of like, oh, like this is a way I can use astrology to really support me. Yeah, wonderful question. So what I find most often is that, you know, the culture sells us this kind of one size fits all idea of satisfaction. And so we're all supposed to, you know, get married and have children and have the good job and conventional success a lot of my clients just don't care about (laughs) making money or impressing anyone or getting famous and then they feel kind of guilty about that Mm. you know like oh there's something wrong with me that I'm not wanting to hustle and make all this money I'd really rather be out in my garden or with my kids or developing my spiritual practice and so I think uh my practice assists people in really accepting what they actually love. They know what they love, but they're worried there's something wrong with them or they're not cutting it in this capitalist society because they don't want to compete. Um, So that's what I hear most often is that it's validating. And so those things that people have doubts with within themselves, I'm able to speak to. And so it can be very powerful when a total stranger says, hey, you're supposed to write that novel. And they're like, oh, well, I didn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. And and I think um, it gets a little trickier with the hard stuff. So if someone has a longstanding issue, you know, longstanding problem with their mother, Mm -hmm. and I'm able to look at that and say, this must be really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. this feels difficult. This is an area where you're going to have challenges. We don't want to limit anyone. I don't want to, you know, predict like, hey, this will always be difficult for you. I don't want to leave that on. Mm-hmm. But it can be very healing just to hear like, okay, no wonder I struggle with this. No wonder I, yeah. I can't just get over it. Right, right. And and astrology, like I know, as, as I said, I learned from Monty, it, it, it's very complex in that there are 12 houses that represent like 12 different aspects of life. There are all the planets. And then if you think of sort of the archetypes and the mythology behind the planets, it, yeah. it, it can be something very, very rich and something very complicated. It's not really something so simple, like, Oh, you're like this, or you're like that. Like exactly. it really gets into sort of much more detail, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, what you're talking about is this kind of descriptive astrology, which is very popular on the internet and other places too. Mm -hmm. What I love about evolutionary astrology is that everything is timing. 
And so mm. when I look at a chart, uh, my first thought is, well, what is the easiest stuff to express? And a mm. lot of times that has to do with, with what the culture likes. So mm. if you know, you're know you doing well in school, you'll get a lot of praise for that from your teachers. If you're really great at drawing, maybe not so much, right? Like you won't get as much uh, praise for that. So I look at where you have natural strengths and mm. then I look at, okay, here's the stuff that's gonna take more time to express. And so it's not a simple, you have it or you don't. It's like uh, the evolution, right? So maybe it right. takes a while to get to, uh, you know, your moon placement or your Saturn placement. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody told me once in my chart that like, I'll really be hitting my stride when I turn 73. And I'm like, what? It's going to take that long? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Carl Jung's name keeps coming up, but... You know, he's yes. kind of like the patron saint of evolutionary astrology because I uh, mm. looked at the whole life, right? It's not like right. you're, when you're 35, you keep developing and you keep integrating. Right, right. And I think that's one of the, the lessons for me is that in astrology, there's always something more to learn and there's always something more to gain from it and that it's not just like, okay, here's your chart and here's what your life is going to be like your whole life. It's actually as things move and shift and change, there's something new to work on. There's something new to understand. There's something new to explore about ourselves, isn't there? Absolutely. And the natal chart, I think of as a really wonderful novel, like a legendary novel. So mm. you can get a different astrologer's take on it. There's so many of us now and we right. all bring different approaches. So if you wind up consulting an astrologer and you don't like their take, there's get another take that's what i tell everyone yeah because a lot of it's open to the interpretation as well it's not just the chart but how does the individual astrologer interpret what they're seeing on the chart i've learned that like you can get very different things from different people who interpret charts differently absolutely and i think it's important to be discerning because no one likes to get a fatalistic reading you know i had one of those when i was young and it was what inspired me to become an astrologer uh, it's the, the astrologer was waving after me don't fight it it's your fate it's, just, <laughs> it's so terrible and so i i don't want to do that to anyone i don't want to take away anyone's choice or anyone's power got it got it okay um i need to take an, our last little break of the show it goes by so fast when i have such fascinating guests uh when we come back i just want to ask you about how you relate astrology and tarot together So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. You can find us on talkradio.nyc and KMET. And we will be right back with Thea Wershing after this. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us.
pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So, Thea, you are not only an astrologer, but you also, you know, created this American Renaissance tarot. How do you work? How do you relate sort of tarot to astrology? Like if someone comes see you, do you do both tarot reading and an astrology reading or are they just totally separate things, totally separate tools? Oh, what a fun question. I do occasionally combine them. And so uh, generally my take with astrology is that I look at these really big outer planet cycles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're talking about, you know, Saturn, let's say, which has a 30 year cycle. So if you go through a Saturn event, it lasts for a year or two. And so Mm -hmm. this is the type of astrology I do. You don't see me posting about, oh, here's the weather, you know, tomorrow's going to be your day. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like, um, how can you use the Saturn energy constructively? You know, how can Mm -hmm. you challenges? And so I love astrology for that. Uh, What I love tarot for is being in the moment. And so that's how Um, I help people make a choice. Like, are you interested in doing some kind of structural whole life planning, you know, integrating the past astrology is great for that. Or are you just in a mess right now and you need a little reflection? And so I use tarot cards to bring out kind of the feelings du jour. I I feel like it's very helpful for that. And uh, there actually is a way that, astrology and tarot are technically connected but it's very noodly <laughs> just mm. i would say just for nerds like me who really uh, like to dive into that um but in this deck for example i i tried to bring in the astrological signs of the writers when possible uh. okay. so i've got this event coming up at the harriet beecher stowe center on October 29th, and um, it's a whole spiritualism weekend, right? Speaking of these movements that inspired this project, and she had a placement in Pisces. I forget what it was, but um, I've already mentioned that sign being about mysticism, right? So uh, she wrote this novel that was all about developing compassion. That's what Uncle Mm. Tom's Cabin is. It's still controversial to this day. Uh, but it was about developing compassion and compassion for those less fortunate than yourself. And so she kind of straddles both ends of Pisces there, right? Like the, the spiritual mm. quality as well as um, the compassion. So I think I, <laughs> I trailed yeah. off. So, so, so I'm just curious, because you, you do tend to focus a lot on past life healing with the astrology. Do you, how does that tend to show up? I mean, we talked about like South Node a little bit, but like, how does like the the past life influence show up? And then how do we use astrology or tarot to kind of help us deal with those past life influences? Wonderful. Yeah. So um, 
it's kind of like, uh, I call it a past life weed through. And so what winds up happening is that I'll tell a past life story, which is a parable and, you know, might be something that happened 500 years ago, you know, imagine a scenario like that. And then I find that the client says, well, that's my life now. Those exact same things are still um. happening. And so uh, it can be really useful to learn how to let that go because mm. if it's a habit, it's very familiar to us. And it might even be a habit of success. And so when I'm telling the past life story, it's not all doom and gloom. Sometimes mm. it is, you know, a lot of times it is that it might be a traumatic experience or a you know disappointment of some kind. But a lot of times it could be, um, let's say you were a military general and so you didn't get to have a personal life. And so mm. everything was focused on career and the weight of the community on your shoulders. And for that type of person to, to tell them, maybe step down from your responsibilities. And so I worked with someone who was the CEO of a pretty important company and she stepped down and um, this, you know, did focus on her home and her garden and her children. And it sounds like that would be easy, right? Oh, how easy, just give up responsibility. But for her, that was massive. And yeah, but... you know, that this is what's so fun about astrology for me is because I also get people in the opposite situation. And so maybe they have many, many lifetimes of being kind of uh, secluded within the home and having mm -hmm. all this like interpersonal knowledge from having focused on family. And I'm saying, we well, got to get out into the community now and you have to somehow distill this wisdom you've learned and offer it to the community as a gift. And so it's, it's funny. I find that I'm giving like these opposite mm -hmm. of advice in the same week, oftentimes. So, um, but it, it's generally familiar to people. I'm not kind of spinning out on, oh, how cool was your past life? It really yeah. gets to the emotional heart of things. Like what was the emotional quality of the past life? Mm -hmm. it, you know, I know there, there are a few sort of myths, I'll call them around astrology, though maybe they're truisms as well. Like uh, I've heard once someone said that like the day you die in this life will be the day you're born in your next life. Yeah. I have actually never heard that before. Oh, you never heard that? No. Or, or, I mean, it's interesting, but it, yeah. Yeah. Or about how, like, through lifetimes, we kind of go around the the wheel mm -hmm. of of starting with wait. The first um, sign of the of an astrology is it's Aries. Is yeah. Aries, and the last one is Pisces. So it's kind of like if you're born in Pisces, then you're near the, you're like sort of at the end of this evolutionary cycle. I, I mean, I think I, people love to look to um, modalities like astrology to figure out uh, how they're doing well or you yeah. know, how they can feel like they're, they're well on their path. But I don't really subscribe to any kind of hierarchy like that. You're not more uh, spiritually enlightened if you're a Pisces versus if you're an Aries. And uh, again, people love to look for those, but my work as the Pluto babe here is exploding. Yeah, <laughs> some, of those, some of those ideas that, um, I, I don't know, but it's, people love to uh, believe that it's their last lifetime. Yeah. So yeah. So excited. <laughs> yeah, I think you're near the, the end. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's so funny because the, there are some people I know who are like, Oh, after this lifetime, that that's it. I'm I'm like I'm gone. I'm I'm heading back to source, and I'm like, 
But then I know all these other like psychic people who say like spirits, like can't wait to get into a body. Like, yeah. like there's so much fun with being alive. Like, why do you want it constantly escaping and just go back to spirit? Um, we just got a couple of minutes left. So I just want to ask you, I mean, looking at, I, I don't know, for, for the world or for the, the, the country, sort of the, the astrological sort of places of where we're at because things seem to be so chaotic and so bizarre right now, like where in a very general sense would astrology say we're going? Oh, it's such a big question. And it honestly is not my forte. And so uh, I, okay. uh, it's, called, it's called mundane astrology, right? We're doing the astrology of the world. Yeah. I, I'm very much the psychologist kind of one-to-one. Uh, you know, okay. But I, I did want to come back to something else you said about, you know, wanting to, wanting this to be the last lifetime. I mean, yeah. it, it feels like there's an ego attachment. Yeah. And so when people say that, I'm like, well, if it was really your last lifetime, you probably wouldn't be worried about that, right? You <laughs> service to others and kind of focusing on the good that you can do while you're here instead of like where you are in the, the hierarchy. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, to your question, right? Like we all want to hear something reassuring. Yeah. Are things going to get better? And I really think that's up to the individual and the individual's perception. You yes. know, I think if you work on yourself and you're able to bring positivity and light to whatever situation you're in, that's the experience that's going to get reflected back to you. Mm -hmm. And if we could all do that, right. <laughs> then, right. Then we know what kind of future we're going to have. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's all, as they say, it's all an inside job in that, you know, these days it's so funny. You can talk to two different people who live right next to each other. And one it's like the world's falling apart. It's going to hell. It's like everything. And then the other one's like, oh man, things are great. They're better than they've ever been before. And yeah. so it's like, we're living almost in two different worlds. Well, Thea, we're coming to the end of our time together. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. If people want to learn more about you, um, where can they go? How can they find you? How they can get in touch with you? Okay, great. So you can find my website, theplutobabe.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the underscore Pluto underscore babe. Um, if you're interested in the tarot deck, they have it at Barnes and Noble and Books a Million, uh, but you can also look at americanrenaissancetarot.com. I'm also on Instagram at American Tarot. And uh, to schedule a reading with me, you just shoot me an email and we go from there. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Thea. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show this week. I was delighted to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in. I do see uh, uh, we do have one comment on the, the Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and next week, uh, I don't believe I have a guest next week. It's going to be one of those me only shows because it's the first uh, show of the month. So uh, I hope you'll tune in. I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about next week, but I'm sure it'll be something fun. Don't forget, stay tuned later today uh, on talkradio.nyc. We have uh, Frank about health at 5 p.m. New York time. And then uh, tomorrow, of course, we have our business shows, uh, Philanthropy and Focus and Always Fridays. And Monday, of course, we start over again on Monday evenings with Sandra Bargeman's show, The Edge of Every Day. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show and got something out of it. And we will talk to you all next week.
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune into the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.